I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Steeler Nation, we are back with another great episode with Mr. (laughs) Josh Miller Eight years punting for the Steelers. A lot of story to tell and going to get his take on this young Steelers team. I am Jay York Football. This is Miked Up Sports One, Mr. Michael Nicastra. You ready to do this? I'm ready, bro. It's a special show. It's not every week we get a special teamer on, so it's good to show that group some love, man. They they matter too, special teamers. Uh, so let's get what, somebody what on here who did it for a to. long time. I'm telling you, man. Well, game who knows, they're outlawing some rules. We'll we'll get his opinion on, on that yeah, shortly I, here. But it's supposed to be yeah, a lot of changes obviously that are that are happening currently. But like I said, and you said it's gonna be a fun show today with uh Steeler who is, you know, I think still still hanging around the bird. Definitely. Sammy, let's get to it. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to the sick podcast. Steelers crazy. Harris Smith shields. Blacko Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. You said it. It was a Steelers punter for eight years. Some may remember him as a Steelers quarterback. I'll never forget that 81-yard touchdown pass uh, he threw. Even though we were young, we were we were hype about that. Uh, certainly made us think that we could run fake special teams punts in Madden, but that, that shit never worked. Anyway, let's go ahead and bring him in, none other than Josh Miller. Josh, what's up? What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me on. I enjoy it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us, man. Are you, you on your way to soccer practice? What, what's going on here? Man, I'll tell you, I wanted to be in the office, kind of have that cool background. You see all those retired guys have and, you know, surrounded by, you know, all the trophies and what have you and picks and jersey sign. But it's getting redone. So now I'm just stuck in the car because I don't want you guys to have that background noise. I was actually looking out for you and your show. Thank you. Very, very considerate. No, you look good. Nobody cares about the background. We just care about you. So thank you so much once more for joining us. We're ready. Let's jump right into Steelers football, man. Obviously, you are Analysts for a while in the fan, we got to hear you, so I know a lot of people are excited to hear from you again. Let's talk about last year first before we transition. Obviously, this team sort of a half game away from making the playoff if, if the Jets find a way to beat the Dolphins at the end there. What are some of your major takeaways just from, from last season as a whole, Josh? Um, I think they handled Pickett horribly wrong. I, th- I, thought, I thought, you know, bringing him in week five, week five is like the dumbest time to bring a quarterback in 
uh, either start the season with him or he doesn't see the field till like week uh, week nine when the season's over. You don't bring him in in week five uh, because of their because of many different reasons. The the most important ones are by week five the defense is starting to click. You know, week week one you can catch and beat the best team in the league when you're not the best team in the league because they're 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 figuring themselves out. Uh, the weather's at its greatest. You're not you're not going to catch too many freezing days, windy days. Um, you know, the defense, as I mentioned, is kind of like, you know, not even close to clicking. They're not on the same page. Week one is a time when receivers are figuring out that quarterback. But week five, that's a different ball game. The, you know, the calendar turns a little bit. The weather changes a little bit. Different winds that you practiced in. The defense is starting to pick up and click. The offense, the receivers, the, there's sort of a little rhythm that starts to take place with the quarterback and the O-line and your receivers, the timing of things. Uh, you get a couple mistakes, mess ups, things of that nature, and then w- now you're going to start a rookie quarterback. Uh, to me, that was just an awful move at that time. Uh, I-, I get it. Uh, in the big picture, it may have worked out because now he doesn't have to start a rookie year this year. That's wonderful. But I just didn't like the decision on when they brought him into it. Uh, I-, I didn't like the guy they had starting the season. Um, I've been around sports my entire life, and I know this sounds horrible to say out loud, but I'm going to. Um, you can see it in people's eyes when they get those rabbit eyes and they look for everyone's reaction. Like I'm doing it right. You, you throw an incomplete pass or a pick, you're doing this right away. You just seeing, you want to hear what people are saying. You want to, to me, he cares too much about outside the game stuff. I don't think he had, he has the confidence to do what the Steelers nation is used to seeing on the field. Uh, that was just my take. I know he can come in and be a band-aid. I think that's great. I didn't see him as a starting quarterback saying, let's go to the playoffs. Usually when you leave, when you leave the trope, you sit in there, you say, yeah, they can get to the playoffs this year. I can see how they can go far. I walked out of there last year saying, if he's not starting, then they won't. I remember Ben's first year. Ben, the, go look at those stat lines Ben had his rookie year. Uh, you know, 11 for 15. They didn't ask him to do anything. They ran the clock out. They had the bus. They had weapons when they did throw. You know, it was just the perfect storm for Ben getting his feet wet. Um so, uh, but again, yeah, you, anytime you at the end of the year, you got to have other teams do shit for you, you're in a bad place. So you say the Steelers would have made the playoffs last year if they start week one with Kenny Pickett and probably 100. don't have that two and five start. 100%. 100%. Even if they started out with the same record, 100%. There's something mm-hmm. about clicking, grooving, and growing that they missed out on. And it's okay because, you know, expectations are when you throw the – you know, the, the rookie quarterback in, you're almost falling on the sword because you have a built-in excuse, an excuse in which Pittsburgh fans would have accepted. So how do you not start him? You already start. If you started with him, you instantly tell the fans, hey, we're listening to you. We took the kid in the backyard. We took the kid that broke all of Marino's uh, records, even though he has little deer hooves, which is supposedly, you know, people give a shit about <laughs> the size of his hands. It's the biggest joke I've ever heard in my entire life. Start yeah. the season with him, and you have a built-in excuse. If we don't make the playoffs, at least we got this kid's, you know, got him into it. Now we'd be ready year two. We listened to you as a fan. You, they would have they killed the place if they didn't go with Pickett. They did start the kid. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
clicking, grooving, and growing. I'm going to remember that one. I like that one. It sounds like my 2023 right now, my, my wedding year here. I'm, I'm trying to do all those things in the, in the same damn year. All right. Kenny Pickett, let's, let's look at him on a broader scale. Who is he? You played with some really good quarterbacks, obviously. Is Kenny Pickett a guy who is, is ever going to be you know, an elite of the elite, a top five, top ten guy? Is he a guy that you can win with and win a Super Bowl with, kind of in that middle tier? Or is he somebody who ultimately is, is going to be looked at as replaceable in a few years if he doesn't get the job done? No, I, I think you give this kid every chance to be successful. I mean, believe me, I played with about seven guys that are considered Band-Aids and no disrespect to them. It's a hard game to be great at, right? I mean, it's a hard game. So, And look at all the failures that Cleveland has had. Look at the last few years of draft picks. Look at Baker. There's so many failures out there. So, so but looking at Pickett, he's not one of those guys. He's different. You know, he's, he's, a better, he's better than Tommy Maddox. He's better than Ken Graham. He's better than Jimmy Miller. He's better than Cordell. They didn't know what to do with Cordell. Cordell was the first one to actually do what they're doing today. Uh, so they didn't know how to use him. Him and Ken Graham were around the 7-4-40. Should not have the same playbook. They didn't know what to do with him. They had, and then they went out got St. Pierre. I mean, they got so many guys that were just on paper. If they were tests, they would not make the fridge. You know, you don't put a C plus B minus on the refrigerator, but that's what these quarterbacks were. And I even said, too, when I was playing, we should have had three Super, Super Bowls if we had an above. Ah, I shouldn't say that. If we had a better quarterback, uh, the defense was good enough to win three Super Bowls or two Super Bowls. I don't want to be greedy. But to answer your question on who is Pickett, I see Pickett as being a tough son of a bitch. Uh, that's probably why Ben didn't like him so much out the gate, because he saw himself. Here's a kid that is just. He doesn't care that it's freezing out. He doesn't care about much. He goes out there. He'll play with blood on his elbow, legs, broken. He's he's from that cloth. So you give someone like that extra, you know, some extra leeway. And that's, again, why you start. Because you don't have to worry about him fragile-minded like some of these other first-round picks you get from other teams. Let's bring him in with the perfect scenario. Can't do it. And he's not the kid that would want that. He's a tougher kid who's not one of those head cases. Uh, I, that's, how, that's how he comes across just from a distance. And a lot of guys – make decisions on body language. They look at their eyes. They look at how they treat us, how they're, they're, they're welcomed in. This kid checks all those boxes. So I truly believe, you know, I mean, again, I'm not, I, I'm putting a couple bucks in for next year. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Not Maybe not this one coming up, but the following one, absolutely, especially with the draft that they had and how they're thinking. Omar did a great job. He's an ugly yeah. son of a bitch, but he can sure absolutely manage and grow a team. He's been watching behind Colbert. Uh, for for all these years, he's absolutely ready to roll. He did an unbelievable job in his first draft. The con artist, no doubt, man. Hey, before I, I turn it over to Jordan, what did you make of Ben's comments, real quick? What was what was your initial reaction? Did that sit well with you? It, it sits. It gives you a snapshot of what it really is to be a lion. You know, if you're a lion, he still says he has two good seasons left him if he had the right team. You know, you want that. I take that because you're a competitor. I've never seen yeah. anybody leave an arena at the highest level and be like, oh, that was fun. I gave it my all. I'm done. No, you have a little chip. Oh, they, I, I left the league before I wanted to. You want that. That's part of your DNA. So I expected it. Do I like it? No. But I accept it because you can't have everything. That's what I want from, my, from your alpha wolf. I love it. So – you kind of talked about it, but the Steelers made a lot of acquisitions, free agent signing, Patrick Peterson, Herbig, uh, Orlando Roberts, um, you know, getting the linebacker room 
stacked. I think they just recently signed another one yesterday. But basically what I'm getting at is what did you like most about this offseason and what didn't you like? If they, if you, you know, if you could just name, if it could even be a signing, just yeah, you know, I, in general, I, the, game, the games won and lost in the trenches, and that's the only thing that stayed constant from when even way before I was playing into today. You can have a dead ass average running back, mm-hmm. but have but have receivers. So now you have to worry about receivers. So you you know you, now you can't you can't load the box. Uh, if you have no threat of throwing, that re- that running back's not going to be anything. Even a great running back without receivers. I like that they won in the trenches. Uh, because it's going to allow Pickett to do more than quick little dinky donkeys, which is fine. You're, you know, and again, yeah. that's what you get out of your system the first season. So he'll be able to throw the ball around. I love that they got the tackle. I, I love that they got the other side of the ball. Uh, I love, love, love Porter out there. You got a guy that can lock down. Uh, I love this freak, uh, this tight end from Georgia. I think it was right. He's six mm-hmm. seven. They got, they got. Think of that package. Think about that red zone. Uh, good luck. Good yeah. pick your I mean, if they're not if they're not leading the red zone percentages or whatever those goofy uh, fantasy football stats yeah. are numbers and all that crap, uh, they're they're going to absolutely destroy it. I just think they brought in such they brought the right weapons in. And they took they 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 took some chances, I guess, uh, somewhere. But the first four rounds, the first four picks, I should say. I know they had two in the third, maybe. Um, they did a marvelous job. And then the, you fill in, you dot the I's and cross the T's with the other guys. But their their needs is going to allow them to not worry so much about the running game, not worry so much about receivers, because I'm not saying you, you they don't have any. I'm just saying you don't need to have the best in order to shine. If you have the trenches one, that means you're running the ball, even with a, an average running back. Not saying he's average, but I'm saying you get success. And, and with receivers, if you're running the ball, you don't have to be. You can get separation. If you're a wide receiver and you get separation on one-on-one, you're garbage. You shouldn't be in the league. So they have guys that can separate, even if you don't know who they are yet or you know, outside of Pittsburgh. You know, they have guys that are going to have unbelievable, probably uh, uh, personal PRs for, for catches, receptions, touchdowns, because they're winning in the trenches. And that's on both sides of the ball. Definitely. Well, I'm sure you still pay attention to this position in football, and that's punter. Uh, Presley Harvin III, is it safe to say that he's underperformed a little bit? Uh, I would say so. I mean, but I'll tell you what, he would have psyched me out, you know, when I was playing. I always get guys that look like Tarzan and, and kick like Jane. You know, he'd been yeah. in one of those dudes <laughs> where – but, again, I mean, I you know, I was built like a pair. The only body I had better than mine that I was better than was probably Tommy Maddox. Every time he showered, I made sure I'd go with him just so I wouldn't body <laughs> in the locker room. So, but, so, but this man guy, boobs are in. What do you mean? Oh, this Dad buddy, bought is in, bro. Dad bought hey. is in. Yeah, but he's got a great personality. So, yeah, yeah, I know. So, so, but my thing is with this guy punting the ball, he has all the talent in the world. I saw this from day one. He drops the ball too high, and it's so windy there. So, by the time he hit it, hits it, it moves. But you get a guy; he should have it by now, right? I'm sure if. Next year, if he has the opportunity, he's going to absolutely do well because it clicks. You find that out. You figure out what the weather is. You need a little algorithm with the calendar uh, when it's your first couple of years in there. But um, Or you need somebody in your face yelling at you like Coward did. One of those things, will, he'll loosen yeah. up quickly. Or they'll bring two guys in on a Tuesday when he's there, and then he'll say, oh, crap. So, But I like him. I think he has, he has an NFL leg. He's very good inside the 20s. Um, just, just want a little more consistency. But his big ball, the one that he banged, he's got a, he's got yeah. a cannon absolute cannon most definitely so my next question is about mike tomlin uh obviously you know no losing seasons but you know the playoff 
or what everyone wants to talk about. You know, Pittsburgh is a championship town. They want they want Super Bowls. They want deep playoff runs, AFC championships. Um, and, and we just haven't been there. Um, I think Mike Tomlin personally is a great coach. It's he's, he's a great leader. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, people want to see Super Bowls and we just haven't, you know, lately it's it's been, you know, just trying to work out the kinks. So just kind of wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, I mean, and again, off the cuff, you think, oh, you need somebody different in there. It's too loose. But today's coach, it's very difficult to be a coach today. It's very, yeah. very difficult to be a coach today. You, know, you used to be able to teach all your children as if they're one. And if you didn't like it, then get the hell out of here. Now you have to treat each one to their personality, their feelings, their emotions, all that crap. I'm not saying crap. I mean, I'm happy for the for, for the growth in the league and the protecting of the players. And I love players yeah. that they became a brand. You know, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Growth, wonderful harmony. But I'm saying for the head coach, he has to digest all of that and manage all of that. And, and I think that's a skill level that people don't put enough stock into um, uh, to, to really put a, a full grade. And anytime you get rid of a guy and you know there's going to be about 28 other teams that will want him immediately, that means you should probably hold on to this cat. Um, and he's still yeah. at that stage. It, it, mm. I, I like I like what he – I I used to be down against him the same way. I'm sure, you know, it's a toss-up with the Steelers fans, love or hate. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's, he's earning way, way more – uh, of his paycheck than we think because of all the crap he has to manage in personalities. A lot of coaches can't yeah. do that. They can't get the best out of their players. I think I think he does get the most out of his players, and that's a difficult thing to ask with so many different personalities. Yeah, We Mike. are hanging out with Josh Miller right now on the Sick Podcast Steelers. Crazy. Make sure to subscribe, follow us, of course, on Twitter, YouTube, all those good things. Dude, you brought up the name Joey Porter Jr. I would have liked to have been a freaking fly on the wall in that locker room with Joey Porter Sr. What the what the hell? What was this dude like? Get him back in a second here. I think he's frozen. Yeah. <clears throat> you and I can wait until he jumps back on here. We'll get his connection back. But Jordan, I, I can only imagine. First of all, obviously, that Steeler tradition being passed down the torch in terms of Joey Porter Sr. to Joey Porter Jr. But, you know, I, I, I think it's it's tough to follow in your dad's footsteps from one. Yeah. But second, I think it's tough to follow in your dad's footsteps whenever he is such a freaking vocal presence, right? He's not just – he's not like – you know, this understand quiet guy. You know, you knew Joey Porter because he was – loud he was going to get in somebody's face he was going to kick their yeah. ass if an opposing uh player i think it was uh brown's running back william green i think that was his name mm -hmm. like so you know you almost expect joey porter jr to be that fiery guy it seems like a lot of pressure yeah i mean it's i can't imagine and it's just crazy because i i seen the picture of him and his dad like when he was at the super bowl and now it's just like i can't imagine what that's like but it's honestly like i don't want to like compare it to this but this is the analogy it's like being michael jordan's son i mean being joey porter's son in pittsburgh you're gonna have a lot of high expectations because yeah. the dude was just an animal i know it's two different positions but the dog is in both of them um so i'm i'm really excited and you know i'm a pit guy so at the end of the day, when they're in black and gold, it doesn't. It I don't care where they went. It's you got to root for them. So that's right. Steelers have had a lot of success with former NFL players' sons. I mean, look at Cam Hayward, Ironhead Hayward, mm -hmm. right there. You know, if you have it in the lineage, if you have it in the bloodlines, obviously you are most likely 
going to get it on the field. And that is certainly the case. Listen, hopefully we get Josh back there. there I think he's there coming he on with us right now. What, what Out of the car. Whoa. Wardrobe change? I'm Jupiter, Florida. It's like it's like it's an oven out here. I was in the car. My phone overheated. So I just stuck it in the freezer for, for like oh, dude. minutes now I'm back. Dude, hey. I'm in Fort Lauderdale right now. Is it pouring where you are? Is it raining? It's thundering. It's coming, brother. It's absolutely yeah. coming. All right. Before you jumped off, I was asking you about, obviously, you brought up Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. I, I said I want to be a fly on the wall in a locker room with Joey Porter Sr. The heck was this guy like playing with him? Tell me about that. <laughs> oh, Peasy was the best. He was absolutely the – he was a great, great teammate. He was um, – God. Again, the locker room – got to understand the locker room. The locker room today is the most – how do I say this without – the most unwoke place on earth. <laughs> I mean, everyone is just brothers. No one sees color. No one sees religion. No one sees uh, uh, politics. No one sees any of that. There, it's just a place where you leave all your problems in the car and you put them back on when you go home. But in that locker room, everyone is absolutely, absolutely, it's, like, it's a brotherhood. Not one person wouldn't do something for the other. So when you ask about Joey Porter, I mean, he, I, I, I love them, right? I mean, he, he treated everyone as if they were their best buddy and, and he didn't have to. Jerome Bettis didn't have to. You know, uh, Lloyd, Never mind. He's he's a different cat. He he. Even though I was in the locker room with him, uh, I didn't want to be alone in the locker room with him. Uh, that's a different cat. But Joey Porter. You weren't going God. in the shower next to Greg Lloyd. You were no. Tommy Maddox, but not next to Greg Lloyd. Uh, bingo. I'd have to yeah. I'd have to go with a gang of kickers, line you know, third line, third tight ends that also long snap and yeah. I'd have to bring an army in there with Lloyd. But um, I can't imagine. Can you imagine having your son? drafted yeah. uh, not forget about dr just drafted in the nfl anywhere and then come into your team and then you know and still feeling as if he has a chip on his shoulder which i love joey porter was the greatest that that you can give him 20 million dollars you can give him uh, an endless amount of health and he'll still figure a way to make a chip on his shoulder uh so so i have to assume because of where you know he wanted to go in the draft and his, you know obviously joey thought his son was going to go in the draft he's going to come in can't wait to prove everything. He's just, there's something about dinner talk, you know, and by that I just mean, as a kid growing up, you had dinner talk with your dad. Now when your dad is who your dad is, my goodness, Ty goes to yeah. the dinner yeah. I, as a coach, right? If you're, if you're torn between three guys, you do a quick little, hey, who, who are the parents? Well, they played this, okay, then we'll go with that guy. Just for that simple, for that alone, forget about the fact that he's six one six two and he can lock someone up, but just the fact that Ty goes to dinner talk and, and just you know, a great family. I know, I know everybody in there. Well, uh, couldn't be happier for both his, you know, for Joey and his son. Josh, yeah, let's Josh, get you out of here. And he's not coming in the cover kicks. I promise you that he's got, I mean, he's, he's a day one cat. He better be, or then I'll have a problem with that. Good transition because maybe nobody's going to be in the cover kicks relatively soon. I'm sure you saw this. New yeah. kickoff rule. We definitely want to get your take on this. We're going to see fair catches, you know, obviously putting the ball to 25. I, I'm waiting for everybody to say, you know what? Punts are outlawed too. We're just going to do this and have no kicking game. What, what's your thoughts? What's happening? It, it, People are losing jobs. It, it's football, and they're forgetting that it's football. I mean, and I understand the health. Every single person that has any kind of, of, of 
back end of their life injuries or, or any of the any of the concussion ramifications and all of that, ask them all, or guys that are you know permanent limps or hip replacements, shoulder replacement, ask them if you could do it all over again, would you? You know what they say? Yes, of course. Look what it did for me. Look what it did for my family tree. Look what it did for everything. The experiences, the people I met, that window of time, there wasn't a better window of time. And, and people can say, well, that special teams had a lot. Forget about it. These guys, let them play. They're football players. I can't stomach. They crossed the line even a few years ago with, with the kickoffs. Now it's just don't bother is, your, is the next move where you've got to get rid of it. That was my biggest fear. I thought I was going to get that call from Coach Cowher and say, hey, listen, they banned punting. I'll be like, wow, geez, okay, well, then now i got to go do something else. But you're right. It's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You're a football player or you're not. You can't kind of be. Uh, and it, it bothers me to death. No question about that. I've always said it's a choice, right? At the end of the day, you're choosing yeah. to play football. Nobody's forcing you to play football. So if you want to play football, you probably actually want to play football. And that's, why, football that's why, like that. and that's why I don't mind those guys. Like we had a couple linebackers that retired after four years. And everyone's like, man, why would you do that? Hey, I, I respect it. That's, that's, that yeah. was his limit. That's fine. No rules were changed. He put some time in, and now he's like, F this. I'm going to leave while I'm on top. I got some money. Fine. I didn't love it, but I, I respected it. Um, but this changing rules for the game, that's so dumb. It's just That's just the dumbest I've ever seen. I, I, I can't. It's going to start out. You watch. I, or, or when, when my kid's playing football, the quarterback's going to start with the ball in his hands. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I say that, Flag and football. that sounds so that sounds so stupid, but it's something that they're going to be like, well, let's let's see what it looks like. And, you know, we'll try it in the XFL. See if that, I mean, I, it's just crap. I hate all that stuff. Play football as long as you want to mentally as you can, and then get the hell out of there. You're going to have five-second counts for defenders, just like when we would pick it up and play flag football, Jordan. You can't rush the quarterback until one, two, three, yeah. four, five. We every, count it fast. Like one, two, three, four, five. Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving, you're damn right playing football out there in the backyard. All right, well, we're going to leave on top. You mentioned it. Josh Miller, always a blast. Josh Killer, whenever you come on the show and talk a little Pittsburgh Steelers, man. We appreciate having you. Glad you're uh, staying dry there and were able to join us today, man. Let's do it again sometime. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time and apologize you. for the, uh, the heated uh, phone there. All the best. Oh, no worries. worries All right. put, that, put that back in the freezer. Just don't eat it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I mean, a, a lot of uh, really good points, of course. And, and hearing from a special teamer, talk about special teams essentially heading in the direction where these guys are going to lose a lot of jobs, right? Guys who definitely I'm, I'm trying to think, of, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of like four-year-olds out there right now and five-year-olds. Their dad is showing them clips of punters and then getting them ready to take them out in the backyard at six, seven years old yeah. to kick some footballs, try and be an NFL punter, college punter high school punter and the job might be gone by the time they get there. And it is a bit of a bummer, but uh, listen, I think there, there are certainly bigger fish to fry at the end of the day. So uh, good to get a, a punter's perspective on, on, on that. Yeah. Another great one. Like I said, I remember the Tommy Maddox and Josh Miller days. So it's just really cool to get someone's take. It's a, it's a different era of football, but you know, these, the, that era was, I mean, that was our childhood. So, I mean, it's we we might have Tommy Maddox on this show coming up. We got to tell him Josh Miller said he's got the man boobs. He got the dad bod. We we can't we can't leave that out. It's a burning question. But yeah, Tommy Gunn. Tommy Gunn. Great, 
great stuff here on the Steeler Crazy podcast. Um, you know, just make sure you subscribe and listen to us, download us, whatever. We're on everything. Until next time, this is Jay York Football. It's Miked Up Sports One. This has been another great episode of Steeler Crazy, the sick podcast. Thanks, Josh Miller. Sammy. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.